Welcome to the Coppreneur Path Podcast. Welcome to the show that is all about the path from cop to coppreneur. I'm your host, Adam Wills. With this podcast, I'm going to help equip you for your own post-law enforcement entrepreneurial journey with lessons learned from my experience growing a successful post-Leo business. You'll also get to hear from fellow coppreneurs and experts in business and marketing whose advice will give you an edge against the competition. You are in the right place. So let's get after it. Welcome back to the Coppernewer Path Podcast, sponsored by Eliotaceo.com. Today I am here with fellow Coppernewer Mark Warren from Stratagos International. Mark, welcome to the show. It's good to have you on. Thank you, Adam. It's a, definitely a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So uh, we connected on LinkedIn and uh, kind of been following each other maybe a little bit. And I've seen what you guys have been doing with, with your business a bit and wanted to have you on to talk about your journey, just your experience as a career cop and transitioning into a focus on full-time business and what that experience has been like for you and wh- what you've learned along the way. It's been an exciting ride. I can tell you that. You know, like a lot of the, the the people that are listening possibly to this podcast started out just as a police officer, uh, left with uh, 22 years full time and left to go to work for another manufacturer, a flashlight manufacturer and train as a trainer. And within six months, they decided they didn't want to have a training entity. They wanted to, to contract us to do it, wanted us to start our company. And uh, as a result of that, we started Stratagos International in 2002 and kind of pushed us out of the nest. And we really didn't have a choice. You had to start a company. Uh, so that we jumped in both feet. That's, that's an interesting story. I, I've, uh, most everybody, you know, says, well, Hey, I always wanted to start a business or I had this idea <laughs> for a business, but this is the first time I've actually heard somebody tell me that a previous employer pushed them into their yeah. business. So that's a new one. Yeah, it uh, you know it's kind of one of those the old the old saying about be careful what you pray for. I wasn't even praying for that, you know. It just uh, it just kind of what happened. But when you when you get knocked down, what are you going to do? Well, okay, we we've got a contract starting out, so we started the company, yeah, and uh, my business partner and I uh, and another guy started the company in two thousand two, and have just been going ever since. Now the downside is when you've got a couple of knuckle dragger SWAT guys that uh, really don't know anything about business, you make mistakes along the way, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, you and I were talking and and reading one of your your podcast descriptions and, you know, you said you don't regret anything. And honestly, I can tell you that we don't either. It was tough. There was definitely some tough and hard times, but honestly, each one either gave us a great lesson or it, it pushed us forward where we needed to keep going. So. Now, when you when you decided to leave law enforcement, was that because of time, time in, and you just decided that, you know, hey, I can retire now and, and I'm going to go? Or was it because you, you really had a bent towards <laughs> something new and just kind of a new chapter? I never envisioned myself owning a company. I never did, right? I was going to be the, my, my career goals as a police officer, I was on my career path. I was three months away going from going to the FBI National Academy. Okay. Uh, literally, I was already accepted. I was in. The next academy was coming up. Uh, I was teaching part-time. It was Surefire, uh, the flashlight manufacturer. I was teaching part-time for them, and they started their uh, 
their training entity and they needed another instructor. And so I kind of got Recruited. lured into it, I guess you could <laughs> yeah. say, because, you know, yeah. I, I loved being a trainer. Uh, I was a sergeant, uh, had tested number one for captain, thought I was uh, eventually was thinking I was going to be a chief of police someplace. Uh, yeah. But I love teaching. And my business partner at the time was working for them full time. He had left law enforcement to go to work for the Surefire Institute. And uh, he kind of suckered me. I, he said, you know, do you want to make the difference for 100 cops in your department? Or do you want to affect thousands across the United States? Well, that sounded pretty appealing when you love teaching. So I, I left. I had enough time. Didn't draw unemployment or my retirement yet. But uh, I knew I was going into another job that was paying what I was currently making. So uh, left full-time law enforcement to go in as a full-time trainer. And so in, in 2001, I, I left. And uh, we started the company in 02. So you really weren't kidding when you said the path of entrepreneurship just kind of fell into your lap. It really wasn't <laughs> really yeah. wasn't something at all that was on your radar, huh? <laughs> no, no. And, you know, and so we uh, we started we started the company and we we were having good success. We were great trainers. I, and I, I hopefully not sounding egotistical. We were good at what we did, especially as it related to low light. That's what we were known for. But we didn't really have any business background. So mm -hmm. the typical mistakes that sometimes you make, uh, it cost us two embezzlements. We had two embezzlements on the verge of bankruptcy. Should have, And we had business people saying, you need to file bankruptcy. To be quite honest, we said, no, we can't. You know, If we do that, we're going to hurt another small business that's not any fault of their own. That could, it could put them in the same boat we're in. And, uh, it, you know, we just had to work our way through it. That's a whole story in and of itself. We can get into if you want. But. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd love to, because I think, you know, that's one of the pain points of being an entrepreneur and starting your own postal law enforcement business and trying to grow it is that as you grow, we have to learn that we can't do everything right. We can't right. spin every single one of the plates. There's just too much to do. Right. And you've got to, You've got to bootstrap things a little bit right out of the gate, but eventually you have to start looking for opportunities to bring other people in and to delegate things uh, and identify the right people to be a part of your team. And unfortunately, there can sometimes be a consequence when we identify the wrong people. You know, maybe right. we thought they were the right people to begin with, but they end up being the wrong people. And these sort of things can happen. And while this sounds like it's certainly a worst case scenario, it's a lesson learned, right? It's a lesson learned in in how to identify the right people to bring in as part of your team, but also how to maybe ensure that there are measures in place to mitigate that sort of risk uh, of you know an embezzlement or or something along those lines. So um, whatever you are comfortable with sharing, I, I mean, I think would be valuable to this audience to hear how they can take an approach to avoid those things from the, from the front end, if they're just starting a business, but if they're certainly, they already have a successful business and they're growing it, it's, it's uh, it may be something that they need to be aware of as well. Oh, definitely. It was embarrassing at the time, but honestly, I've never been afraid to share the story because it, it, it is who we are. You hit on it, Adam, when you, when you talk about not having the right people in, in place and or the right processes that we didn't understand. What are the checks and balances you need in place to keep people honest? Uh, and so the first embezzlement, literally, we had started selling product and the product side was growing 
uh, training sales product, product sales training. We sold stuff that we believed in, that we used in training. And, and when you're training people and they see that, typically it leads them to buy it. Well, then the people that were managing our product side, uh, there was a, a falling out of sorts. They started a new business while they were still working in our business. And they started ordering product on our account and then selling it at 100% profit through their own. And by the time we found out, they had racked up, you know, a lot of money in, in, in uh, product that uh, created a lawsuit. Uh, it's the only, wow. only time in my life I was sued. And honestly, uh, God kind of gave us a lot of favor on that. It went to uh, arbitration. And when we went to the judge, he said, do you owe him anything? And I said, this is exactly what we owe because we had agreed to pay back everything with this. It's a large company. You'd recognize the name. We agreed to pay it back because everything that we agreed to was based on what their accountants had provided us. So it was their numbers. And we agreed to the amounts and we were paying it off. And we were about five months from paying off all the debt. And all of a sudden, hey, we made a mistake. It's, it's another $30,000. Oh, wow. And it kept adding to it. And so we stopped. We basically, uh, at that point, stopped paying, led to the lawsuit. Uh, in arbitration, though, when I went into the judge, uh, I was completely honest. He said, do you owe him anything? I said, yes. It's exactly what we owe him. I explained to him why. He went to bat for us, and uh, we, we paid a little bit of interest and still paid you know, the debt that we owed, and that lawsuit went away. In that time frame, though, we hired because I'm, I'm on the road at this point about 20 weeks a year training, and that's, that doesn't include the time frame of travel before and after. So literally it equated to close to, to half, a, half a year on the road, and we needed a CFO. And the bank that we banked at, uh, the, the guy got to know us. He was a branch manager, and he wanted to come to work for us. So we thought, you know, we need a guy with a financial background that can kind of really help and be in the office to stand this stuff up. And within a short amount of time, without those checks and balances in place, he started stealing from us. And that's mm -hmm. the one that really hurt us. He hit us for over $300,000. But once wow. we figured it out, we had him arrested. You know, now here's two, two former SWAT guys that, I mean, we've been, <laughs> we've been stolen from. What do you do? And now you're working within the system that we worked in. You know, I was a, a cop total time, 27 years. And I'm hoping the system is going to work for me, right? So... Uh, we have him arrested, and what we did was we sent a company letter to every vendor we owed money to with a copy of the arrest report. It basically said, here's the deal. We, we owe you money. This is what we owe you. We agree. Uh, if you'll work with us, we're going to pay every penny back. And if you don't, we're going to be bankrupt. Uh, they all worked with us, and it took us a number of years to dig ourselves out. Um, but we just couldn't, we couldn't quit. And I think that's the other thing yeah. about being – from that cop background and getting into business, sometimes we have that drive that maybe somebody else doesn't. I can't quit yeah, because there's sure. too much at stake. People's lives, you know, we had employees that were relying on us. And uh, if we if we quit at this point, we all lose. So yeah. it really did drive us ahead. We paid back every penny. We got debt free. And uh, at that point, that was when we got smart. Uh, we literally, uh, my, uh, my business partner, really started digging in. And as the president of the company, he, he gave himself a good education on how to be a good business leader and putting in the processes that we need. And uh, we, we've, we've grown ever since as a result of it. What a testament to your guys' resiliency. I mean, that that's incredible. I mean, that, what, a, what a challenge that must have been to go through and, and scary in so many levels. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a hit to your, 
it's a hit to your reputation. It's a hit to your, your ideals. And, you know, that's, that's a challenge. That's, that's immensely challenging. Well, you know, the one thing though, that, that it provides a solace though, when you know, Hey, the only thing I've got left at this point is to be honest with people. Right. And, and when you're honest, that judge, uh, you know, he told me, I mean, here's the guy that's the arbitrator. They're, I mean, we're talking, it was a lawsuit for $480,000. And here's why. It's like, how was it that much? It was it was $24,000 in dispute. But they charged us their attorney fees. And this is a oh. large billion-dollar company. Uh, yeah. So, you know, how much per hour does that attorney charge? Plus 18% interest. So over a $24,000 debt, it's $480,000. And that's overwhelming. But when yeah. you go to that, when we went to that arbitrator who was a retired judge and you go, hey, here's the story. This is our story. That's their story. This is what I can show you. And he says, he, he literally looked at me and he said, young man, let me tell you something. You're the most honest person I've ever had. And I said, sir, what else do I have? <laughs> right. You know, so, so right. one, one thing again that I know is, is that honesty will be rewarded. And in business, yeah. you can't afford to not be honest. Yeah. Um, people, people understand mistakes are going to be made, but when you own up to them and you let them know, here's where we're at and we're going to make it up, it has, it has yeah. an impact. Yeah, for, it absolutely does. So looking back now, you know, in hindsight, it's always 2020, right? As they right. say, you know, for the, for the fellow copper who is either starting off or like I said, in that growth phase, what did you identify or have you identified anything that you think you could have done different on the front end that would have mitigated that and, and, and created a business environment, I guess, where the opportunity for those things to happen, those embezzlements would have been minimized. Oh, absolutely. And, and even my business partner is probably even better at speaking at this than I am. I was the road warrior. I was the, I always, we always joke, I'm, I'm the mule in the, in the field pulling the plow. Um, <laughs> but the reality that we, the old, the old Reagan adage, you know, trust, but verify. First and foremost, you you have to suspect everything, uh, and but but there's two things that are really going to be tempting to people: one, money, and then product. Right, product can walk out your back door. So building in the checks and balances that you need, whether it's an inventory system, an accounting system, that you're constantly checking. Uh, you can and then limiting who has access to those accounts, who can write checks on those accounts. We gave this guy basically full autonomy because he was the he was the finance guy, right? He was he came from a bank as a branch manager. But the reality is that shows us that in the bank environment he he may have been good, but there was plenty of checks and balances in that system that he couldn't take the chance of going around them. But once he came into our system and realized there's no checks and balances, it became real easy. Yeah. And so almost like it was just too tempting. You you couldn't even, couldn't even avoid the temptation. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, there's, there was, you know, stuff that I sold that was, uh, you know, on, off the trailer, you know, so you had cash that was getting turned in him that it was never deposited. So that's not even the stuff that we count towards the overall amount uh, that, that he got. But, you know, if we had an employee quit, he was, he was funneling their pay back to his. He doubled his pay for two years. And he was one of our highest paid employees. But so, you know how we caught him? It's it's so simple and so stupid that we should have, again, known. We pulled everybody's (laughs) W-2s. 
went oh. to the accountant and said, let me, you know, and so he was, he was not very bright because he was doing it. So through, he actually through, reported his, yeah, his yeah. true income, yeah. inc- the, his, yeah. his salary plus the embezzlement. He actually right. reported on his W2. Yeah. Wow. And that was only part okay. of it. That was only part <laughs> yeah. of it. You know, so, so, but the, the main thing is having those checks and balances in place. And, and that's why, you know, a lot of the stuff that you're talking about that we talked about before the podcast, you know, the books that you were talking about, those are great resources for people as a framework to start understanding how do I set this business up? You can be yeah. good at what you do, but the business side of it is sometimes is where we're lacking. And that's where we need direction and having the consultant or somebody that can really give you that advice. If you've got yeah. a mentor, if you've got somebody that's a business owner, that's very, very successful and they're willing to pour into you, listen to them because they got that, yeah. that way for a reason. And what they can share with you is they, they don't need to tell you how to make money. If you're in business, you've got the product, in our capitalistic system, it, it works that way. If you've got something that people demand, you're going to be able to do that. So it's it's literally the idea of now, how do you protect it? How do you grow it? And that sometimes is the hard part that I think people take for granted. Um, yeah. And, and it, it can be really, uh, really easy to get taken advantage of. The, it's so important to educate yourself, especially when you recognize, as most most copreneurs do, I find. In fact, most of them have a complex about it because uh, they feel like they it's it's a barrier to moving forward. When you recognize that you don't have the expertise and knowledge in business, you need to educate yourself on it, right? You need oh, to find absolutely. those resources. And we, we live in a time where there are so many resources out there between, I mean, yeah, of course... We, there's books, right? And, but there's audio books and there's podcasts and there's online courses and there's YouTube. I mean, I learn a lot of things on YouTube, but anyway, since, since you mentioned the books that we talked about beforehand, now I I, I have to, I have to mention them in more detail here. And for anybody that's just listening and not watching on YouTube, I'm holding up the books right now in front of the camera. Um, They are marketing made simple and business made simple by Donald Miller. And those books, I tell you what, Marketing Made Simple is a crash course in marketing. So if you feel like that's a, a failure point for you, check that out. And Business Made Simple, you know what? I've said it before on here. I don't think you need an MBA to be an entrepreneur. You don't need to have a business degree to start your own business and be successful. And Business Made Simple, the book, I believe is as good as any MBA out there. And so save yourself the money on a hundred thousand dollars degree. And instead just, just get the uh, marketing mates or I'm sorry, the business made simple book. Um, it's like a devotional style book. You, you have an entry in there every day for 60 days, you go and you read it and you apply it. And there's a video that accompanies each day. It's awesome. Awesome training. And in fact, anybody who's a listener of the show, if you just email me at Adam at LEO to CEO, dot com um, and ask me. I will send you either either or or both of these books for free. I'm happy to send them to you. Um, I have I keep cases of them here because I believe in those books so much. And so anybody who's a listener of the show, feel free to reach out at Adam at LEOTCEO.com and I will send you copies. And so thank you for bringing that up, Mark. It, it, like sure. I said, again, growing your knowledge is just so important and it can't be yeah. understated. And don't wait to do that. You know, if sure. you are still on the job and you think you might 
um, have a bent towards entrepreneurship like I did. Now, Mark's situation was different, but he <laughs> he fell into it. But if if you think that's something you're interested in, start educating yourself now. You know, be prepared for that when it's time. If you've listened to past chapters of the business brief, then you know that it's important to market your products or services, not by listing out their features, but by framing them as an opportunity. More specifically, an opportunity for your prospective customer to experience a transformation. You are selling them a new opportunity to overcome a problem that no one else has yet been able to solve for them. When marketing a new opportunity, your focus should be on offering two specific types the opportunity switch, and the opportunity stack. Your customer has been searching for a desired result and currently they are trying to achieve it through some other method. Your goal is for them to abandon that method and use yours instead. This is the opportunity switch, a complete paradigm shift. Let's say for example, that you are marketing a new three-day in-person interview and interrogation course. What you might offer is a low-priced introductory online course that demonstrates why the old method is ineffective and how yours will give the prospect greater success in the interview room. Now that your prospect has become a customer by purchasing your introductory offer, you can now upsell them on other products that add value to the paradigm shift you've already given them. This is the opportunity stack. Using the same example I used before, this is likely the right time to pitch them on your in-person course. Once you have the opportunity dialed in, you can continue to pitch higher priced opportunity stack offers, such as an online masterclass, a mastermind group, or a consulting package where you evaluate recordings of their interviews and provide feedback. The opportunities are literally endless. The Business Brief is sponsored by leo2ceo.com. Everything you need to grow your post-law enforcement business. I, I just want to, again, reiterate kind of what we're talking about because it's one thing to be good at what you do. That is That typically is what your business is about. You're doing something you have a passion for, you're something you love. It, it's not a job. So that's the easy part. It's it's the backside. It's the back office stuff that's where you're going to get in trouble probably. Um, you know, when they talk about yeah. most new yeah. businesses fail, you know, we failed twice. We just never changed our name because we refused to go bankrupt. So, so when you look at that, I, that's the one thing that I would do differently is I would have been educating myself. And this, you know, it's, this is the book I'm reading right now, The Great Game of Business. And, and, you know, it's, it's the stuff like this. That's by Jack Stack. I, I could have saved, you know, 20 years of work to get to this point. How much yeah. could we have saved ourselves to, to have poured into ourselves that educational side? Just some basic business principles probably would have, would have prevented what happened to us. But again, I go back and I don't regret it. Uh, there were some, some guys that we had working for us that honestly didn't, they weren't equally yoked. They thought we were going to go bankrupt. We had another partner that thought we were going to go bankrupt. And I love him to this day. And he walked away from the company, turned over all of his ownership. And, and now there's just two of us. But the reality is, it, it, I think that whether, what, no matter what your faith is for us, that was God showing us that this is, this is his plan and, and shaking that wheat and chaff and separating it. 
And so yeah. what it did is it really did push us down another pathway. And that other pathway, uh, honestly, we were working then with Blackhawk. We were the brand managers for their flashlight line and helped bring the, uh, uh, we were the, the ideas behind the uh, Blackhawk Gladius flashlight. Okay. You know, seven, seven patents on that, that light. And for those in, in law enforcement, if you were around in that time frame, all of the articles that were written about it, you know, it changed. It was revolutionary. It was, you know, evolutionary, not revolutionary is what Wiley Clapp said. But that was, you know, that was God kind of putting us where we needed to be. Because as a result of that, we met another guy in Blackhawk and he kept telling my business partner, look, with what you guys do and understand, you need to be doing church classes. Well, that's when my my business partner started writing the classes for church training. And as a result of that, we wound up being probably one of the largest provider of church security training in the United States, an area that we never thought we'd be in. So we basically teach in, or, or operate in three verticals. We we work in uh, as consultants, to especially to businesses as far as security-related matters. Uh, so we have our, our consultant side, we have the teaching or instructional side, and the security side. So in 2019, we bought another company to, to actually, that, that is our security side. And um, so, you know, that growth now is, is coming. So we've, the more you grow, the more responsibility you have. And right. that's another fear of mine, to be quite honest, is every time we onboard a new employee, my fear is we cannot do that unless we know for a fact that we're going to be capable of honoring our agreement to them. Yeah. So, you know, um, it's not just a job. <laughs> so when you, when you think about somebody coming into your company, the responsibility that you take on as an owner, I think... It, it cannot be taken lightly. So any mistake, you know, um, if you're s- small and growing, a $10,000 mistake could be all it takes to put you out of business. And in yeah. this world, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty simple mistake. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's one wrong employee is a $10,000 mistake pretty easy. So yeah. uh, the educational backside to, to this uh, is huge. And I've got so much to learn. But we've got a great consultant that we're working with um, that that's really kind of showing us some of the things that we need to be doing. Yeah. And that's actually an excellent point, too, because as you grow your business, uh, you find that you need to take more of that leadership role. You need to be working more on your business rather than in your business. And yeah, that absolutely. creates its own its own set of challenges, right? Yes, you nailed it right there because you, you said it exactly what we've been saying. The, the, the average small business owner is working so much on the business that he never works in the business. And, and it's working internally that's going to grow you. But working internally, you know, it's one thing. I had the misperception that, well, if you just grow and you've got all this training, you know, uh, when, I, when I get ready to retire and I sell my ownership, uh, I'll be able to retire. That's not the reality, because right. if we have if we have never built the processes in place that if X Y Z tactical training company uh, and I get hit by a bus tomorrow, but it all relied on me to go out and do the tactical training, this company does it. It's not worth anything to somebody else. Exactly. Yeah, they've got to know yeah. that they can walk in and that company will run whether you are there or not. That's literally what they're buying. 
So yeah. uh, that you you not, knocked it out of the park with with that statement because it's so true. Well, and I'll tell you what here, you know, since we're throwing out books, I guess we're going to have to create a book list here for the show notes for this episode. Um, and that's okay. But uh, go, you need to go check out the book Built to Sell by John Warlow. That book is is phenomenal. And it touches on this exact concept about the importance of not having uh, your your business revolve around just you, that your business is really processes. And if you have those processes in place, uh, it makes your business more valuable, especially to to a prospective buyer of your business down the road. And even if you look at your business and you're thinking right now, I'm not ever planning on selling this business. It doesn't matter if you if you grow and build your business with the mindset that you might want to sell it one day. It is still going to be more successful, even if you actually never sell it. Absolutely. Well, and it's those processes that grow you. Um, those processes. Well, and and it allows you to actually um, to maybe start enjoying some of that. So uh, another. Another book, if we're going to talk about it, because it changed. Sure. It, this is what really changed our company. And it's the book Profit First. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm telling you right now, that yep. one book and, and following those yes. guidelines and those, those principles mm-hmm. allowed us as owners to finally start reaping some of the rewards. Because like yeah. most of the people that are, that are listening or, or watching this, as a small business owner, when we're, we're paying back debt because of embezzlements, literally everything that I earned working my heart out on the road was put back in the company. I was living off of my wife and her, and her salary at the time. So the reality was we were a one-income family because I was working for free because it was all going to pay down debt or to grow the company. Right. But yeah. when we implemented Profit First, I finally... I started finally being able to pay myself. And what I love about that system is we, we actually set up, we have about nine different accounts. They recommend five oh, or wow. six. Five. So we it's have five, about yeah. nine. Um, but every check that comes in, those percentages are already figured out and they go into those accounts. Exactly. So our tax account, it's not coming up to the end of the year and you're going, oh my God, how am I going to pay my taxes? It's our every check that comes in, it's fed into that by that percentage so that when that check needs to be written, the money is there and it's yep. not as painful. Um, your, your, uh, your operating account, you know, so that's the general funds that, that you're going to be operating off of. You have your owner's compensation account. That's the account that we know it pays for the owner's salaries. Uh, you have an owner's, uh, basically an, an, an account that is a, uh, special projects or something like that, where what that allows us to do is a certain percent of every check that comes in goes in that account, it's feeding into it. And every quarter, half of that money is split as a bonus to your partners or to how to your ownership group. And 50% of it goes to special projects or debt. Because mm-hmm. to me, I want to be debt free. I, I'm a firm believer that anytime you owe debt, you're as a good person, you're gonna you're gonna pay that debt first. That's why our forefathers, if you read the book 
the 5,000-year leap. Our forefathers did not like debtedness because you're always a slave to another master. You can't do what's best for you and your family if you're an honorable man because you're going to take care of that debt first. And that's why debt was looked upon so poorly. So running a business, there's always going to be a certain amount of debt. But but obviously, the more that you can pay down and be debt-free, the more freedom it gives you to take care of your employees, our profit-sharing for employees, uh, you know, your, your health systems. So we're still building those things in now because when you alleviate debt, now we can start putting it into the people that are really what you're there for. And that's yeah. the people that, that are the, the, the ones that are doing the work. That's your company. And, yeah. and it's it's about the people. If you're not taking care of people, what's what's the reason? You know, yeah. I mean, there, there's just got to be, it's got to be worth it. Yeah, I I'm a big proponent of the profit first system. Uh, we implemented it in our business uh, as well about uh, a year and a half ago, and what what a change night night yeah. and day night and day. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's, it's profit first by Mike McCallowitz, yeah. um, which I, I'm not even going to let you guess how to spell that. It doesn't matter. So like I said, go, just check out the show notes for this episode and, and we'll have a link to it in there. But yeah, those, those five accounts are the income account, the owner's compensation account, the operating expenses account, your profit account in your tax account. Right. And it's like, it's like grandma's envelope system on steroids. And really yeah. you actually create separate bank accounts for these. Yeah. And you, like you said, whenever any income comes in, you already, you use this system to determine what percentages of that income should go into each of those right. accounts. And you don't touch it. You yeah. use it for the purpose that it's there for. And profit right. comes out first. It's right. makes you, it makes you more profitable. Yeah. So, so we had, so one of the reasons we had to add a couple more accounts, one is our tithing account because as a company we tithe. So that's, that's sure. so we want that. And the second is we, we actually have an aircraft. And so we know hourly what, what it costs for us to operate that yeah. because from a security standpoint, if a client says, Hey, we've got an issue, we've got a high risk termination. How soon can you get there? We can be anywhere in the Midwest with yeah. uh, agents on the ground within, you know, four hours. So. So I'm guessing you guys are an S corp then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we, cause we tie this a business as well, but we're, we're an LLC. So right. we just put it as part of our owner's expense or our owner's compensation. Right. We take it out and then we just tithe out of our owner's compensation because right. as an LLC, it doesn't gain us anything for tax purposes to, right. to have yeah, that. And, uh, you know, that we're donation. an LLC. Yeah, we're an LLC, but we file as an escort. File as an escort. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we file as an escort. Yeah. Um, well, awesome. That, so the the only other thing too that I would probably add to kind of what we we were talking about is is just understand that if you can if you can work with somebody that can help guide you, don't make those mistakes. Put in an implement a system like the profit first. You can truly start enjoying being a business owner because. The hardest part for me was you never seeing the result of the hard work. And that's what I yeah. loved about Profit First. It did allow that. And uh, it, that's why I say it, it's an amazing ride. It's, it's been a great ride. I, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm 40 years in, in, in or f- affiliated with law enforcement um, because I'm still a law enforcement trainer. But I'm kind of in those waning days where I'm kind of looking at, you know, five to seven years is kind of my exit strategy. What does that look like? What is it going to be? But I'll know when it's time. You know, I still love doing what I'm doing. Yeah. 
Well, those are some excellent closing thoughts, Mark. And uh, I appreciate you coming on the show and chatting with us and sharing with us some of the challenges that you've had and what you guys have learned out of that and how some fellow copperneurs here listening to the show can can learn from those those challenges as well. So thank you for coming on the show. You want to let everybody know before we, we close out here how they can connect with you and where to find you? Sure. No, I, I just thank you, Adam, for reaching out to me. Uh, for this opportunity. My email is just mark, M-A-R-K, at strategos, I-N-T-L dot com. So that's S-T-R-A-T-E-G-O-S, I-N-T-L dot com. People usually ask strategos, what does that mean? It's Greek for strategy. Uh, that's that's where that comes from. Our website, just www.strategosintl.com. dot com. Awesome. And you, I'm sure uh, folks can connect with you on LinkedIn too. And LinkedIn, correct. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll have all the links, of course, to all those as well in the show notes. Just head over to elio2ceo.com, click on the menu item that says podcast, and then you can find this episode and all the show notes will be there for you to be able to do and all the links and, and everything else we talked about today. So again, Mark, thank you for being on the show. It's been great having you. Uh, enjoyed it. Thank you. Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at leo2ceo.com forward slash podcast dash review or in your preferred podcast listening app. I would love to hear your feedback and it will also help other copreneurs like yourself find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to leo2ceo.com, click on podcast and search this episode number, and you'll find all the links, descriptions, and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode. 